and welcome back to Jack the Last Podcast. Uh, this is our season two debut episode. If you're listening to this shortly after uh, <laughs> its posting date, uh, as you know, we're in the middle of a bit of a hiatus, a very, very long uh, hiatus. So what we'll be doing, Kelsey and I, over the next few months until, uh, I know, they call it Droughtlander for Outlander uh, time between seasons. I think we need a cool name for what we call this I don't period. know. I've just been calling it the hiatus. The hiatus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's got to be, like, a cool name in there somewhere. But our point being, uh, we're, you know... Staying alive over here uh, and active in the fandom. And over the next few months until we have uh, news of a release date or like developments. And certainly we'll definitely be back doing recaps um, as soon as there is a show to recap. But in the meantime, we'll be uh, doing a lot of stuff within the universe of Gentleman Jack and exploring some things with history and with the culture of the period and going more in depth with these characters that we all love so much. Uh, I guess we should introduce ourselves. I'm Carrie. And I'm Kelsey. Welcome back, you guys. Uh, So what are we doing this first episode, Kelsey? Yep. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about not only what are we going to be doing in Season 2 of Jack the Last, but also what do we want out of Season 2 of Gentleman Jack, the TV show. Um, we're going to be getting into our own personal Season 2 wish lists, everything we'd like to see with Anne and Anne and all the downstairs servants and all the other cool stuff going on in Halifax in 1834 and 1835. And then, second half of the episode, we're going to be talking about what we actually do know about Season 2 of the show, what's been released um, what we can kind of infer from interviews with people like Sally Rainwright and Serena Jones and Sophie Rundle. So yeah, just uh, this is not going to be like a super long episode, but it's the one that uh, it's a great way to kick off season two of the podcast. So, wish list. Um, I got a big one. Oh, yeah, what is it? <laughs> All right. So I've I feel like I, I like I wish I'd read um, like Female Fortune. And some of the other Aunt Lister books that cover the period, like, after they get married. Um, because I only know, like, what I've read on Twitter. And I know there's more to it. Mm. But, I mean, obviously, I what um, the thing I really want to see, number one, is um, Honeymoon. Yeah. Like, because they, they go to have, Paris, like, little, correct? Yeah, they go to um, uh, Switzerland, I think. And then they end up in, like, Paris. Um, I think they go to Scotland. They go around. They, like, go back to Halifax mm. for, like, a bit, and then they start traveling. Um, so that's definitely, like, the first little bit of their marriage. Um, and then they end up back in Halifax and, like, to shabby little Shibden and, like, live a pretty settled life uh, for a couple years. And they, they're always traveling, you know, in between. But then they go on their last, like, big hurrah uh, towards the end of Ann Lister's life when they're in, like, Georgia and... Um, Russia. Um, but first and foremost, they go on their honeymoon. I want to see that. I want to see honeymoon sexy times. I'm curious <laughs> because, like, I've watched so many interviews where they're like, they were so careful about not making the show like too like sexual, because they wanted to make the point of this is not about the sex. This is about like these two women. They like fell in love. We get that now, and we all understand this is what's happening. So I'm like, I wonder if they'll like. Because it's an HBO show. And honestly, sometimes this show, this season, after like 
the it, it's an HBO show, but it doesn't feel like an HBO show. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like it's no, not definitely because like, it's not exploitative. This can't be on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm just curious if they're gonna like push the envelope. I'm not. I don't think it'll ever be like the L word, which is very sexual. Which Generation Q premiered last night, and I was shook. But oh um, uh, yeah, I have to watch. I feel like I have to watch the original before I watch this one. So I have to start the very. You beginning. do and don't. You do and don't. Like, because I was watching last night, I was like, yes, I've seen all these episodes, but if I hadn't, I think I could understand what was going on. Oh, anyway, any, none uh, of the same characters, right? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Beals' character, Alicia Haley, and Kate ah. Mann's character are back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then everybody else is new. Um, but it's very woke. Queer people of color in it all over the place. Gender, you know, it's it, it's, it's not just like white uh, lesbians and their one like biracial friend, which is Jennifer Bill's character. <laughs> it's, um, it's like more diverse than it was when it came out in like 2004. Um, but anyway, I'm just curious if they'll like push the boundary, but I'm not asking for like, like it doesn't have to look like the L word, Game but I'm just thrones. like, <laughs> we can push it just a little bit and it would still be tasteful. Well, I think of it like this. Cause it's like, you know, to compare it to, I don't know, like a very, a, a comparable piece of like heterosexual media would probably be Outlander. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's in the sense that it's like a period historical drama, but at its heart, it is a romance. Um, mm-hmm. Why? Uh, well, it's the sort of thing where it's like for romance rules, typically like just as a genre, you want the, the sexual romantic moments between the protagonist to feel earned and to feel like a payoff, you know? Yeah. Or to feel like a climax, if you will. <laughs> so <laughs> but things, I'm chick. uh yeah. So like now we've kind of we've seen the arc of their story um for so long and we saw, you know, the push and pull of these characters coming together, like a will they won't they enough. So now we can see them it, it, which we we definitely did get some of that in season one, and I thought it was very well done. But now it it wouldn't feel so like salacious because that foundation is there. It wouldn't feel like fetishy, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. or fetishizing yeah. of lesbians and lesbianism. So it's like now that we have the foundation of knowing what type of show it is and what type of show it is not. I think you're right. I I hope it would maybe be a little more freeing. Yeah, because also, too, it, it's not just, like, you know, everybody wants to see sex scenes. Like, all, like, there's the thirsty lesbians want their sex scenes. But at the same time, this show does a really good job of accurately portraying queer sex. And you don't get that a lot. Even in shows with lesbians, it's rather, it's always like, eh, that's not really how it works. But this is, like, it's a very accurate representation because they do have an intimacy coordinator on set. Yeah. Um. So I think that's why everybody was, like, you know, the finger wipe just, like, took everybody out because they're like, this is, this is real. This is, like, something that actually happens. Well, um, there was there was a non-controversy about the length of Sarah Ann Jones's fingernails. Uh, yeah, we got to fix that <laughs> season two. Hopefully there's enough there's enough of that on the internet that somebody from maybe the they like, wardrobe department is like, girl, you got to cut your fingernails. Maybe they'll yeah. get it in the budget for season two. <laughs> now, Sophie Rundles were fine. They were like the perfect length. And she wasn't even like a full-on lesbian until like halfway through the, or, you know, she was the one that was coming to terms with it. She wasn't a, a, she wasn't a lesbian practicing, expert. You know? Yeah, <laughs> she wasn't practicing. She was a junior um, league. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah i mean i want to see the honeymoon and like i remember i was listening to the very gay very ladylike um shout out to them um there was like 
they like slept in a stable one night and they probably like did it in the stable. It, like there's like a lot of like places they ended up on their honeymoon that would make really like just like really beautiful, settled, like romantic moments between these two because you know after the honeymoon they do have to go back to the real world and the real world wasn't always so kind to them in their married life between each other and then also the way the outside world kind of started to infect their marriage are you implying Um, that homophobia existed in the past kelsey yeah it was yeah there was homophobia (laughs) newsflash in 1834 in northern (laughs) rural england that people were homophobic i know it's shocking shocking Um, (laughs) because we've completely solved that now so yeah, <laughs> glad we got that anymore. out the way. Um, oh, so speaking of sex, we have to get Christmas eighteen thirty four, which I think I've told you, but I think I angrily texted you about it because I did. found out and I was like, I was. I like, think I was bitch. at work <laughs> trying to do my job for once. <laughs> I yeah, I thought someone like there was like a serious like I don't know like something happening in your life. You're like, dude, I'm so mad. And I was like, what? I was like, I hope everything's okay with, like, you know, your family and everything. <laughs> and it was about this. It oh, yeah, so you should, you should probably set up what, what happens. Uh, yeah, so in first. Christmas 1834, which is their first married Christmas together, Ann and Ann, you would think they'd spit it together, being real cute, real sweet, exchanging gifts. No. Where did Ann go? Where did Ann Lister go? To Mariana's house. She spent Christmas with her ex, and while she's there, they, uh, well, she says, and I think it's in the diaries, they don't have, like, full sex, but she, like, as she says, grubbles her. So she just, like, I mean, let's get graphic. She, they, like, she, like, fingered her, and that's all that happened. But, and so Anne was like, it's not a big deal, we just did that. I'm like, girl, you, like, cheated on your wife on your first Christmas together. Like, (laughs) that was trash. It was trash. But Ann Walker, according to the diaries, never found out, never knew anything. And she came back and was like, and in the diaries she writes, like, she was glad to be home. She was, after this trip, she was, like, really kind of over Mariana, and their relationship never, ever got physical again after this point, I'm pretty sure. Um, even though Mariana tried it a couple times. Um, mm. It, like, it wasn't the same after that. So, um... But because Last it's TV, Christmas, I gave, Miss, you my gave you my my the very vagina. next day. This will be really fun for you to sync up later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, with the significant amount of lag we have. <laughs> I know. So the thing, what I'm curious is, so Ann Walker in real life never found out. A woman's intuition; she probably knew something was going on. She was she was naive, definitely, but she was not stupid. Um, I don't think Ann Walker was ever stupid. But also, um, I don't think Ann Lister can actually hide herself from Ann Walker based on yeah. based purely on like their interactions in the show, which who knows how much license you know is taking in the diary, and who knows how much license Ann Lister was taking with herself and like her mm-hmm. own like self knowledge. Um, I don't know. I feel like this is something like to your effect to intuition, but also like. Part of the reason Ann Lister likes Ann Walker and, like, loves her is her perceptiveness. Yeah. So. Like, she had to know something was going on. I think women always know. But all that being said, 
girl, they're not going to do it on a TV show. You know they're not going to have Anne be like, oh, you're just going to Mariana's for Christmas? And, like, she's obviously going to be mad. I think she's probably upset in real life. Who wouldn't be? But it's going to be a much bigger deal. That's going to be, I think it's going to be a critical drama point in season two, and it's going to be messy lesbian angst. And honestly, I'm here for it. Because we know, I mean, obviously, they don't get divorced. They're fine. But, like, it's going to be messy. And we know that Lydia I mean, they Leonard's can't. They couldn't back. get divorced to start with because they weren't legally married. Yeah. So. Well, you know what I'm saying. Like, separated. Yeah. Um, but, like, they're still together. They still, they're still happily, like, married. But they're not going to let this slide in the show. That is 100. I, like, I'm willing to put money on it. That is going to be a major, like, mid-season plot point. Yeah. I would say around, because uh, I was thinking about, like, where you'd want to structure something like this. And I'm like, eh, with as many balls in the air as they're going to have with, like, Wanting to show them in love and happily married, you know, which they were for the most part of their lives. But then also dealing with the external pressure of her having to, like, of Ann Walker having to actually kind of come out to her family uh, and kind Mm -hmm. of articulate that she's living with this woman that they disapprove of, but also to articulate kind of their, one of their fears about her. Um, Like, uh, the fact that, like, you know, she was so just disinterested in men for 29 years and like yeah. don't know why so it's like the sort of thing where it's like so they're gonna have to contend with that and then i could imagine this be like okay it seems like we're out of the woods with that and then christmas happened and she's like oh maybe it'd be best if we you know spent christmas apart that way i can be with my family da 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 and listeners like fine whatever maybe mad about it goes to mariana and then it goes down and then they come back and she apparently how i'd imagine it like how i imagine it would happen is it would so immediately be good that she would just feel so guilty and then somehow it would come out. Yeah. Or she would know something like, like the eight, like the 19th century version of finding lipstick on your husband's collar. Like that yeah. type of thing. Like somehow she would like find out. Um, I, I like, I think, I think for sure. And I think also too, they're going to have to dress like even like, Ann Walker doesn't know about Ann Lister's past love life, which to me makes no sense. Um, but in the journal, she never, that never really came up. But I'm like, girl, like, you have to realize this is written by somebody that this was their life, so it's obviously going to be biased 110% towards them. So we don't yeah. really know Ann Walker's side of pretty much anything. We know she kept a diary, but where those diaries ended up, who knows? I think her fa- family probably burned them. So... Yeah. I, like, she, Ann Walker wasn't dumb. And she, like, obviously, like, knew that Ann, Wa- Ann Lister had, like, mad bedroom skills. So, I think also this is going to be, like, if I, as somebody that is in film that can write, I think it'd be really interesting to, like, not only use this opportunity to, like, create angst between Ann and Ann, obviously. But also, too, it's like, oh, Ann Walker's, like, kind of a little bit like, who did I marry? Like, who, I don't really know anything about her past. Like, really, truly, she doesn't. She doesn't yeah. know anything about, like, anybody else she's ever been in love with. She knows she's traveled. She knows, like, the facts. But she doesn't know what her life is really like. I imagine we'll introduce her to Mariana, and I think that'll be maybe the moment where she pieces it together. Like, at some point, her path has to cross with at least one of Anne's former lovers. Maybe Tib, maybe someone, probably more likely Mariana, if we we're thinking about it in terms of, like, dr- yeah. drama. Like, peak drama. Well, his, like, I would love to see that. I would love to see the two of them in the room. You know what I mean? Because they're so Because you know Mariana's going to be a bitch about it. Mariana's oh, going to be 100%, so petty. 100%. And it's also the sort of thing where it's like, they're both temperamentally so wildly different. Mm-hmm. Like, it would all... I imagine it'd be the sort of thing where they're both looking at Ann Lister sideways, like, what could you possibly see in me and then see in her? You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
And also, too, historically, uh, Ann Walker did meet Tib Norcliffe. She did yeah. meet Mariana Law. And Mariana came to stay with them. Like, she still came to visit. Um, now, Ann didn't do anything with her. She was with Ann Walker. But, um, like, they did cross paths. That's historically true. Um, so yeah. we will see. And I, I want to see. That's something I didn't write down. But I want to see Tib Norcliffe. Because she was Ann's, like, lifelong friend. And her lifelong, like, lesbian friend. Yeah. And she remained unmarried. Like, she was kind of, you know, she couldn't really hide her sexuality like Anne. Mm. Um, they were both very similar. That's why they didn't work out. It was like, two tops don't make a... That's not going to work out. Yeah. <laughs> they were too much alike, and, like, Tib had a really bad drinking problem, too. Oh, so, yikes. um So, I want to see her, because I think she'll just be a lot of... She'll be, like, the loud, rowdy lesbian friend. She's like... <laughs> we need we need that comedic relief. Oh, that would be fun. And we need to meet... Yeah, I want to meet more, like, people outside of the realm of, like, Anne's, Anne and Anne's family. Because we know, like, Anne had yeah. a lot of friends. She always, you know, she was well-traveled. She had plenty of friends. Um, so I want to see that. And I want to see flashbacks to her. I want to see more flashbacks. Because there's so much, so many rich things that happened. Mm-hmm. New York. Um, there's so many rich things that happened. Um, to her, like I would love to see, like an Eliza Rain flashback, her first lover, because that oh, was her like, boarding her school. First, like, uh, with, yeah, now. yeah. I would love to see something with that. I'd love to see something with Maria Barlow, because that was just kind of like her, like a that was basically like a rebound from a breakup with Mariana, like after she mm-hmm. got married, kind of. Okay. Um, so I, there's just like there's so much I want to see, like flashback wise, but. Number one, Christmas 1834. When I found yeah. out about that, I was like, girl, that has to be in there. Because you need that drama. Like, you, ha- these journals yeah. are there, but they're just like her day-to-day accounts. She's not trying, she was not trying to write a story. So you have to take yeah. dramatic license. And that's just like this delicious thing that I can just see Sally Rainwright. Like, I, it's going to be so If well we done, could get like, more of that even. and less cold drama in season two, I <laughs> would love that. As much as I do love seeing Chris Rawson's good good dog mm-hmm. uh <laughs> when he goes to like the banker or whoever the hell it was but yeah honestly i would prefer that <laughs> if possible um what do i want i want more eugenie hijinks mm-hmm. <laughs> less barfing less of her barfing directly <laughs> into camera but just more yeah. of her being like the lady edith like human disaster of the show um, yeah, I want to see her like have like a little bit more backbone in season two, because by this point now she's like been there for a while, so she should have her footing more than she did like in season one. Well, to be fair, she didn't speak any English, so yeah. That uh, but she should we, be settling as in at we this learned point. from Ninety Day Fiance. That's a bit of a drawback in establishing relationships. Yeah. Also, we could talk later about how lackluster this season of Ninety Day Fiance is. I'm yeah. bored. Yeah, that should be a bonus episode. We're honestly like, look, <laughs> we're just going to talk about 90 Day Fiance. This season's boring. Heterosexual shenanigans, you know. What is straight Pride Month? Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm sorry. Please know, I know there is no heterosexual Pride Month. It's called, uh, what is it? Every day. <sighs> I was trying to remember the joke that I was going to steal a Twitter joke, incidentally. There's one where it's like, it's the Dodge sales event yeah <laughs> you know what i mean um, any last um requests for season two? Oh, oh i, I want I'm, things to end well for john i want john to have a nice lady oh john booth yes he needs a bay well the good thing about the downstairs stuff it's like sally raymond was saying in an interview i was reading earlier today um 
that with the downstairs stuff, like, Anne talks about them, and there's, like, these little funny things that happen throughout the years, but there's not much on him. Like, the whole Samuel Salden thing was made up. Oh. Like, there was a Samuel Salden, but he was actually, like, a decent dude. So, Bad Dad Salden in real life was a good dude. And, like, Thomas Salden became, like, a, a minister, and, like, he married somebody that's kind of famous. Oh, he married, like, um... Hmm. I want to say, like, married one of the Bronte sisters or something. So It's something like that. No, like none he of mar- the Bronte sisters, uh... Well, one of them got, got married. married, but it wasn't to him. He, she married a it was cleric. Some- Clergyman. It was something... Clergyman. Uh, it was something like that. Like, he, he became, like, a prominent, like... Like, Tom, Thomas Salden became, like, a prominent, like, minister or something. And he married somebody important. Like, somebody like that. But it, might not, it obviously wasn't them. Yeah. But, um... But yeah, and you can like buy their house. Their house is for anyway. This is a whole other thing. But like, um, wait, are we on the Brontes or? Oh no, the Saldens. No, Sorry, no, I was the like, Saldens. The Saldens farmhouse that they lived in on uh-huh. the Lister's estate is for sale right now. It's a beautiful house. It's expensive, but like, if I had the money, I would totally buy that house. Like, I would like to live on Ann Lister's land. That's like the lesbian. That would dream. be you were just gay combust. Like I know. <laughs> Like, it's, I don't a, think it's like a restored 19th it. century farmhouse. I think that's just like too rustic and gay and perfect for you in particular that your body yeah. would just cease to function. <laughs> yeah. That's like, that's like the peak of gaydom. Yeah. It's like, it's like, that's like gay. That's the, alpha it's like going man. clear, like going clear in going psychology. Clear. That's going clear. <laughs> going rainbow. <laughs> Yeah. It's like Super Saiyan. But, <laughs> yeah. but anyway, um, uh. but with the downstairs people, there's a lot more license. Like, she can take this name. Like, Eugenie didn't even get hired until around the time that Thomas Beach got hired. Mm. So that's the same. Like, you know, they can pretty much do what they want to because it's like a lot more nebulous. Um, yeah. It's not as like written in stone. So there's a lot they can do with downstairs. Like, I want John to be happy. I mean, I love that character. I want him to um, be happy too. Him and Washington, I just want them to have good lives. Oh, and Marion. I want her to have, like, I know she dies single. Yeah, she never Sorry, that was a dark way to put it. Yeah, that's a dark way to put it. She just doesn't marry. And there's nothing wrong with dying single. That's fine. Um, If that's what But she outlived, like, everybody. She was, like, in her 80s. She outlived Anne Lister. She outlived Anne Walker. (laughs) She lived until, like, the 1880s. Right. So So she never married... So, but I still hope that she, like, maybe they give her, like, um, what's that movie that's, like, takes a lot of license with Jane Austen's life? Oh, like, is it Miss Austen, remember? Or something. Whatever. Oh, Chasing Jane, right? Do you ever watch this movie with Anne I Hathaway? I think I know what you're talking about. Plays Jane Austen. It's not important. It's not, it, it's not a terribly good movie, but she and James McAvoy have a lot of chemistry, and it's pretty hot. Um, in, but in a, the world's chastest way. Um, but point being, you know, it's like the story of like this, gr- the one great love affair of Jane Austen's life, which she actually did have. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I would like to see that very nice. I'd like to have her, for her to have like a nice flirtation or, you know, a love interest yeah. or, you know, get really into something like get really into like pottery or something like where she, yeah. I don't know. She finds meaning Outside of romance. I don't know. I either want her to have a really nice romantic storyline or something else or like both. And then it just, the romance just doesn't work out because history. I want like her and Ann Walker to be friends. And I think they were. Ann Walker was pretty close to Ann's family. 
I think temperament wise, they're both well in age. <coughs> they're closer than um, Anne and Anne yeah, are. Because but then also, I think temperamentally, based on yeah, based on what uh, we're given in the show, they're both very like conventionally feminine for the period, and therefore like you mm. know used to keeping to or if not keeping home because Anne Walker is like way too rich for that to actually maintain her home but um you know doing doing I don't know the feminine quote-unquote pursuits of the day that you were expected to do so I feel like they could bond over that or maybe there would be contention maybe it would be really interesting like conflict over that because like now who's the lady of the house yeah and it's like Anne is the man of the house or you know, lack of a better term. Yeah, and historically, um, Marion does eventually move out. I think they'll keep her in the house for the sake of the show because we need that com- comedic relief. But Marion does move out and moves back to Margaret Wheaton. Um, and mm. Anne and Anne pretty much after after Papa Lister and Auntie Anne die. Mm. It's, it's just Anne Walker and Anne Lister in that house together. Because uh, they lit, die in 1836. Oh, okay. um, oh Papa Lister died, and right. Auntie Anne... Yeah, they, they die, die like within like a few months of each other. And I did not realize this, so I, I this is just me not doing my history research. And if anybody else didn't mm-hmm. realize this too, it's like at least we're all on the same page. Um, so I thought that like Auntie Anne Lister was like her uncle's wife. It's not. John Papa Lister, Auntie Anne Lister, and John Lister are all brother and sister. They just like Auntie Anne is like a spinster. She never married. Yeah. I thought she was married for like a long time. Thought she was just like her aunt by marriage, not like a like a lister. Oh, lister. like a like a widowed aunt who just like crashed. Yeah, her. like I thought okay. she was like her uncle's widow. Oh. I, I literally thought that for the longest time. Oh, but she's no. not. No, they're all were like John Lister, Auntie Anne, and Papa Lister, all brothers and sisters. That definitely which, makes sense. Oh, which yeah. kind of makes that slight of him being passed over for the property real weird i mean yeah. it was always real weird and like unconventional for the period for sure but i'm like wow that was like a strong choice that you know yeah he skipped over his, like, his younger brother for his, his yeah daughter. i was like no 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 your daughter's got it you surely don't yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i think that's it for predictions for not prediction uh predictions and hopes for me how about you yeah Any i've more? got um there's just it's just some stuff I've just like heard in passing that happened like within the time period that this season's gonna take place. I told you about the casino thing. Like Anne and Anne opened a casino. And I think it was like in 1835. <laughs> oh, I think like, I forgot about that. That's really good. I just want this to be like this Peaky Blinders esque like side story where they have a casino. Like Anne has like a cigarette holder. It's just like that's just fan fiction for me. Um, but I I want to see that. I just want to see them doing more stuff together. And obviously the coal pit does open. She names it after Anne. It's called the Walker Pit, um, which is cute. Um, so like they kind of go. They really is it do. cute or is it like I'm like that's maybe I just have an extremely filthy mind. But I'm like, <laughs> you have access to two Walker pits. Ooh, I hope yeah. my mom doesn't listen to this episode. I don't think she does. I think she only listened to the first couple episodes to be supportive, but she, like, does not watch the show, so she's like, I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. Um, no one listens to it either. So, Your mom um, doesn't listen to this, right? No. Oh, good. She, cool. She's Pretty not clear. a podcast person. She, um, but I think... 
like there's some business stuff that happens between them that I think could be fun and they're gonna have to add something in because you can't just have like as a writer you can't have like a, just an A story you've got to have a B story and then like a C story to make like an actual episode of television yeah. that's worth watching I bet we'd all just like see the ants make out for like 55 minutes a week that I mean that'd make all of us happy but like that's not that's not TV that's just porn um Nothing wrong with that, though. Um, oh, and then I've talked to about, I think I've mentioned this in a few episodes, like, there was some lawsuits between Ann Walker and the Priestleys that happened, like, I think the first one might have been 1834, 1835, so there's gonna be, like, drama. If you thought you hated the Priestleys in season one, just wait. Um, like, there's a lot of lawsuits between William Priestley and Ann Walker. There's some, like, disputes between, like, her aunt, Aunt, aunt Ann Walker, like, when mm. she gets sick. There's some stuff with her money that goes funny, and then when she dies, there's some stuff that goes funny. Basically, Anne's family gets real messy, and mm. we already know they basically deleted her out of history, but, like, there's gonna be a hella drama. But, for the sake of keeping characters sympathetic, like, you can't have all of Anne's family be trash. So I think there's gonna be... Just from my like narrative screenwriting mind, there has to be at least one person from Anne's family that's redeemable. Well, Catherine. I hope it's Catherine Rawson. Yeah, yeah, it's, it has. But to I be think Catherine the rest of her family's good. And then obviously, like um, the old lady Rawson, I think is still going to be like, who cares what they do, type thing. Oh, I um, but the rest of them. Oh, no, that's who I want back in next season. I would want yeah. like, a fifteen minute. I think fifteen minutes is about all I would want of this character, just like ripping everyone. A new like a hole. That would just be so fun. Yeah. Just to watch her lay into her own family. Ugh, that'd be so fun. She basically is like the Lady Catherine de Berg of yeah. this show for another Austin reference. Um Yeah, I what was it? I feel like money is going to be a big, big conflict within the marriage. Like I feel like Anne, I mean it was historically. It was, well. yeah, historically, I mean, not even just in terms of, like, dealing with the external pressure of Ann Walker's family, and Walker's family not liking Ann Lister having access to this money, um, but I could picture Ann Lister herself also being very, maybe either a little too free with it, or not, or, you know, not free enough, you know what I mean? Or, like, Ann Walker, like, I don't know, I feel like the power imbalance that that level of wealth disparity brings... Um, and in the nature that they couldn't merge, they could only merge finances, but so far legally. Right. Yes. Yeah. Cause you mentioned, yeah. uh, I think in a previous episode, like that they really built up property and stuff. Cause that was a thing that who, whichever one of them died, they could leave each other like a cottage, a garden, you know? Yeah. Like, no, that like Shibden Hall was left to Ann Walker and then yeah. basically like Sutherland, who I'm sure will pop his discussion <laughs> up in season two. Sutherland like basically takes away from her and like. His son ends up taking over, like, George, like Captain Southern lives in Shibden Hall, like, when he kicks Ann Walker out and puts her to the asylum. Like, he lives there yeah. for a bit. And then, basically, when um, the the Walker estate goes to his son, um, and then he, like, gets tired of keeping it and, like, sells it off in the 1860s. Mm. So, the Walker estate's gone, and then the Shibden estate goes to, like, some distant relatives of Ann, um, the ones that actually moved to America. That's their descendants, ones that moved to North Carolina, um, eventually, um, are the ones that inherited Shipton Hall until they, till um, the last Lister passed away in like early, I think his name was John Lister, until mm-hmm. he passed away. Then um, the the estate went over to like the government. So yeah, so that definitely makes sense in the way that um, 
they'll have to figure out what to do in case of basically in case of like since I can't and this isn't a thing that was like not super unfamiliar to uh, you know queer couples up until you know marriage equality not too long ago it's like you had to get real creative about how you willed things to people and like family contesting wills because they didn't agree with quote unquote the lifestyle and all these things mm-hmm. um, you know and only being able to pass on so many benefits to someone who's not a blood relation or married. So I'm like that. I think that'll be really interesting. And also maybe look, I wonder Sally Wayne rain. <laughs> I can't say her name. Say it for me, please. <laughs> Wayne. Uh, thank you. Um, Sal. Call her, I can, we can call her Sal, right? Um, that's what, um, that's what Saran Jones calls her. If you listen to, oh, does she really call her Sal? She, oh, that's mm-hmm, so fun. Yeah. Oh, Cause they've, they've been friends for a long time. Oh, I love that. Oh yeah. Cause they've done a million things together, but it's like, yeah, yeah we'll see how, um, you know, if that becomes something that Sal kind of brings it. Cause like there, there are so many contemporary elements that whether these are actual things, you know, and Lister Ann Walker dealt with in the time, the framing of them has such a contemporary feel to it, you know, as, as we've mm-hmm. explored in the recaps, like in terms of like, you know, issues of like, com- like, you know, dealing with like religious uh, doctrine that tells you one thing, but then, you know, having to reconcile that with who you actually are and like countless other things that, you know, we've really explored um, in the show so far. I'd be interested to see how they do that with like two people doing what is effectively a civil partnership, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Together. The dynamic is, is of a married couple, but like legally, you know, they are they are what would have what we used to call I guess like a civil partnership. Yeah, and they did quality. have each other in their wills. Like their properties were left to each other. They like legally they tied everything up as much as they could, um, um, which was really smart of them. Um, and then also the, the other thing that I think will play big into the narrative of season two and Sally Rainwright's already talked about this. There was a bit of a workers' revolution in England in eighteen thirty five eighteen thirty four. I think more into 35. Um, we get a taste of that in season one where they're talking about like the workers getting the vote. Um, the voting rights. um, Yeah. 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 The voting rights. So basically this keeps going and, uh, the workers have a revolution. In fact, there's a night where they take a bunch of rocks and like smash a ton of windows in Halifax. Um, that'll definitely be in season two. Oh, that'll be very cool. The, there's, you know, like how they do the chaos of the city is reflective of the chaos within (laughs) Anne and Anne's, relationship you know what i'm saying like it yeah. sounds corny the way i'm saying it but that's how you write that's how you write a good story so i think it'll be really yeah. just kind of juxtaposed between any kind of like you know but also that's 100 percent like the saladins like that is the yeah. class of people who would be campaigning for this you know huge mm-hmm. right you know the right to suffrage um you know or even people slightly above like i don't know if I doubt Washington would have qualified for voting prior to this sort of cultural revolution. Um, You know, and other, in other characters that we see who are like kind of a little more middle-class, like uh, who are still very much working for a living, but they have like an education, like an education required job, if that makes sense. Yeah. Or something, something a little more schooled. Like read and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, this does happen. I don't know a lot about it because obviously we're America. We don't get taught this stuff in school. <laughs> no, but there's please. a revolution in like 1835, and it got pretty hairy. And according to what Sally Wainwright said, it was the closest the country ever came to like a revolution. Um, 
another one after you know the ones they had like you know hundreds and hundreds of years before that. In the 1600s, that. yeah. Yeah. As the closest they ever came again. So that'll definitely be in it. They had more of it in season one. They just cut those bits out. But I think it'll be more relevant to season two and some of the stuff that's going on. And we need that drama. Like, there has to be drama. They can't all be, you know, romance. We can only um, do so much more coal. Yeah. Which it, it kind of, like, there's still cold drama, but, like, it's not as bad as it was because the pits do get set up. Walker pits opened, Listerick pits open back up. Like She no longer has to sell the, the land to do anything. Yeah, because she has Anne's money. And and, and um, what's interesting, which is, this is actually a pretty good segue into the second half of this this, this episode, um, was what we know is going to happen. So and this is kind of like a downer, but I've, I've been reading a lot of like uh, analyst or codebreakers on Twitter. It was a bit of a conversation. It's really sad, but... That basically, like, if you go and read the diary, especially from the later part of their marriage, from, like, the last two, two and a half years they were married, um, they weren't the happiest. Like, it wasn't, like, mm. the best situation. Um, they, they kissed and made up a few times, but, like, before they left, and in that Clara Barley uh, book, the, the Moss House, it's a fictionalized version of their, their life. It's like, you know, if General Jack was mm. a, a fictionalized book, um, and I was kind of skipping through it. And towards the end, it's kind of talking about um, they're kind of disconnected their marriage before they went off to to Moscow and to Georgia. The last mm-hmm. few years of their marriage were not the happiest, and that's why, like in some like people that have done studies on them, they don't consider Anne Walker and Anne Lister's marriage to be happy. Um, mm. They don't consider it to do be. Do we like know? A, do we know why, or was it just like constant fighting? There was you- money. There was money troubles and the lawsuits and stuff that was between Anne and her family like caused Anne Walker a lot of stress. It like really mm-hmm. affected her anxiety badly. And apparently like Anne Lister, if you like dig into her later diary, she was in a lot of debt. She was mm-hmm. like she had a lot of like money problems towards the end of her life. Like she like overspent. Which, you know, as much as she's like has a head for business, you really pull up her kind of accounts there in the last couple of years in life, it wasn't that good. So mm-hmm. this is more like season three, four and five stuff, but there's some people that argue, and they have, like, it's definitely, I think, could be a debate mm-hmm. um, that their marriage did not end on, like, a happy note. I think they were fine towards, like, the end end. And obviously, there was still love there. Ann Walker wouldn't have done what she did for her. Yeah. Um, but I think Ann Lister was, like, low-key kind of, like, over it. Uh, and she even talked about, like, living separately and, like, going off on her own for a while. Mm. So, it's kind of sad, but, like, that's kind of how their marriage, like, ends up towards, like, 1838. <laughs> The last By that point, they've been married like around the best. Uh, a bit under a decade. So they have like eight years married, thereabouts, yeah? They have eight years together. They meet in 1832, re-meet in 1832. She dies in 1840. They marry in 1834. They married six years. She married six years. A little over six years uh. when she dies. So the last two years of their marriage are kind of like, eh. Contentious, um, yeah. But that not yeah, that technically, it, it, like for marriages that make it under a decade, isn't that usually around where it happens? It was a seven-year itch, Yeah. Yeah. That's usually like around they, where this a lot happened of in the crown. Yeah. This happened in the crown too. It was like Elizabeth and Philip were portrayed to have like a that was like their like around their tenth wedding anniversary they had like a lot of angst because, you know, he was, you know, restless and didn't want to be a uh wanted to be his own man and blah 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 and there's like rumors of affairs, but like they were all um baseless, but yeah. Kind of very similar thing. But there was a theory on Twitter and it started this whole conversation. Like if this is, if Anne had lived, would she have stayed with Anne Walker? And so mm. I don't think she would have. But it also could be a thing where like, yeah, may, like this might've been 
a rough period and it's unfortunate that you know they had so little time to fully reconcile you know after yeah you know yeah and they seem to be okay like there was some there's one girl on twitter that i follow and she was like you know the journal entries i you know transcribed the other day they were mad now they've like she, they're sleeping in the same bed again, and they're like, they've you know, had sex and stuff. So it's like, they, it was little periods of arguing and making up, arguing and making up. But it wasn't as like, if they were ever were smooth sailing as it was in the beginning. Mm. But this is more later season stuff, but it is kind of like, this is what we know happens. So it's kind of like, you kind of, we're going to have to buckle ourselves up, because I don't think we're going to be given this like, saccharine sweet love story. Because no. it can't be, because that's not true. And that's I mean, we didn't real. get that in season one either. At no yeah. point did we fully, we would get glimpses of it, you know, mm-hmm. but we never, it, it it was never without its bitterness to it, you know? Yeah. Their, their marriage was always going to be difficult because of who they are as people. I think that's unavoidable. Yeah. Temperamentally, but also like the external pressure that these women were under is just, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't imagine it. You know what I mean? From Ann yeah. Walker's family, from society, you know, from lack of actual health care and like mental health care for Ann Walker, you know? Mm -hmm. But also when you think about it, it's like for the marriage not being happy by our like contemporary, you know, standards of what this would be. But like the alternative was both of them marrying heterosexually and that, you know, which, uh, you know, aside from the very obvious thing of like, you know, denying a part of your identity and, you know, essentially being forced to be physically and emotionally intimate with someone you're not attracted to, you know, uh, by virtue of that, you are not, you know, straight and having to be in a heterosexual marriage. But then on top of that, it's like, how happy were those marriages really? As far as we know, you know, not, and this isn't like me dunking on like all 19th century straight marriages, but it's just like the sort of thing where it's like, there just wasn't, the framework for happiness or the stand that expectation, right. That we have today mm-hmm. of like, yes, marriage being for life was a thing there, but it's like, you just wrote out the parts that were bad until one of you died of a curable disease. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? There was yeah. no marriage. So, I mean, right. Like, what did it- you do? Maybe you went to a priest or you confided in a friend who was similarly, you know, not in maybe the healthiest there was no like commute there's no language for like communication about this stuff either mm-hmm. which is interesting yeah. so it's just the sort of thing it's like were they better off i guess is the question yeah. i think comparatively their marriage is happier than most i it, yeah he- I heterosexual so. or homosexual but i mean it's just like i think we can't live in this like they had the perfect relationship well no they didn't and no relationship no. was perfect either way but i think like no. they had like a it probably like <laughs> might not have been the best match, but um, I think for what it was and what they both needed, I think they worked perfectly. Yeah. We'll see more how this plays out, but this leads us into what we do know. We have our wish list, but this is what we do know. Um, Lydia Leonard's coming back to play Marion again, which we kind of talked yeah. about earlier. Um, she was in that movie last Christmas with Amelia Clark. Uh, ironically, she plays a lesbian in it. She plays uh, <laughs> Amelia Clark's lesbian sister, um, but she did like a red carpet interview and they asked her, like, what are you doing next? And she was like, well, I'm doing Gentleman Jack again in the spring. And, you know, so she'll be back. So there'll be drama. There'll be angst. Um, so we know that Mariana will be back. So that already, like, Christmas oh, I'm excited. is going to happen. Um, 
and then Sally Rainwright said the season two, and then Sally Rainwright has confirmed that season two is going to start with their honeymoon, um, which will be like that's going to be that's going to be the perfect antidote to having to wait like a year and a half for new episodes. Yeah, <laughs> I think, I think you're right. Almost two years, really, if you think about it, from like when it started. Uh. <laughs> so long. Um, and then we do know that Shipton Hall is going to be closed next year for weeks during June and July and September, November. So they're going to be filming in Halifax from probably July to November. But because they do so much traveling and their honeymoon, I think we're probably going to get, because they did actually shoot in Copenhagen for that end part where she was there. Yeah. So I think we're probably going to be doing some international stuff like, you know, Switzerland, Paris. Cool. Um, um, oh, that would actually be really fun. I would love to see them particularly in Paris. Like yeah. Paris at that time period was just like, they could oh. be more open there. So I'm excited to see that. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be covering 1834 to 1835. If it's the same timeline as the last season, we'll go into 1836. But here's the thing, 1836, that's when Auntie Anna and Papa Lister die. Mm. And I don't know if she wants to get that to this yet. And she said like, she doesn't want to have to kill them so soon because there's such a, well, not so much Papa Lister, but Auntie Anne's so important, especially to Anne Lister. But that's the history of it too. So you've kind of got like. But that's also very much a season three conflict because otherwise that's like a lot of uh i think it's gonna be too much yeah it gets rid of those act these beloved sort of like north star characters for anne uh when she would kind of need them in navigating her like a new marriage um and also that would just be a lot of conflict so i feel like season three is probably where we would lose them like middle to end of season and that would give us some good um Anne and Anne stuff because then that's like they're basically left alone at Shibden Hall. Yeah. Uh, Marion moves out too. So they're kind of left alone. It really changed their relationship. There's a really beautiful fan fiction um, about when Aunt Anne dies and how like, the toll it takes on Anne and Anne's relationship. Like Anne oh, was Please send that. me this. Yeah, I've read some of it and it gets like sexy angsty too, but it's also just about like how like how Anne can't cope with it and like it like drives a hole in their relationship and they have yeah. to like find their way back to each other. It's like really sweet. Um please shout out the author at some points or put or put them in the show notes because I feel like a ton of people would want to read that. If I'll uh I certainly we'll do link, we'll link the that fan fiction in the show notes or the description. I mean also on our website too before we post the episodes. Yeah. And also, I mean, that's a very real thing in a marriage. Like grief, grief rewires your brain, you know, and uh, you know your other intimate relationships in your life are not immune to, uh, you know, the way grief makes you act. So I feel like that would be a really, really interesting uh, conflict yeah. in that relationship. Inevitably, when we do get it, you know, assuming the show makes it to season three, season four, mm-hmm. uh, who passes first? But they both at 1836. I'm not sure who dies first. No, um, okay. I couldn't find it on her Wikip- on Analyst's Wikipedia page. It just says like 1836 for both. No, yeah. But they both, but I don't think it's very far apart. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a hard year for her. So I think that's definitely a season three thing. Um, yeah. And like I said, Sally Rainwright can play with that. Like she's even debated whether she wants to take the series to the end of her life. We She's talked about that. Yeah. But she's debated like whether she wants to like kill her so soon like yeah. just be like let her live in the show um, yeah 
Which there are me, a lot of things that do that. There are a lot of pieces of historical media that let. But I think they've done so much justice to the diaries to keep it accurate that that would be like, like I, I listen. I want Anne Lister to live. Like I think it's trash that that she died so young from such a stupid yeah. thing as a flea bite. Um, and I hate what I hate even more happened to Anne Walker. Like it makes me really sad. Um, I don't imagine they would include that in the show because one that happened, she lived her so much longer so they would at most do a time jump as like a epilogue like for it to they could follow the books pretty faithfully and just end before they go on their trip Mm -hmm. and then it'd just be like and then this is what happens which i feel like unless because i feel like they're not gonna do six seasons of their marriage because like there's nowhere to go or even like think, four seasons. I feel like I wonder if they, they keep, would even do four. If they keep with this timeline, there'll be four seasons. I feel like they wouldn't run out of steam, especially if between now that they know they're renewed, like how Outlander had that really long gap between their first and second season. Ever since then, they've never had one that long again. Um, knowing because they're because like they didn't plan on doing a second season, like the show, they didn't know they were going to get a second season. They had no idea it would take off like this. So they started writing things a little faster and like scheduling shoots and like putting like more exclusive more like writers on on their actors so that they couldn't like do too many other things yeah there's um in that radio times interview i read today which is the most sally rain Wright said about season two um she was i think she had up to like four you know it seemed like four seasons was kind of outlined she's playing with yeah um if they get that um, and I know that what she's written, she did an interview recently and she's written the first few episodes of this next season. She has like, she said her deadline's January. So in about February, we should start seeing, you know, Saran Jones taking a picture with her like gentleman Jack scripts. You know what I'm saying? Like those, the actors. Yeah, table re- they'll probably be doing table reads. In so they'll start getting their scripts to go over. And I would not be surprised if this season Saran Jones isn't a producer on the show. I, yeah. I've been thinking about that a lot. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if Sophie Rundle would do it, but like, see, Aunt, uh, Aunt, <laughs> Saran and her husband have a production company, and so does Sophie Rundle and her partner. So I wouldn't be, um, or her fiance, they're going to be married soon. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really cute, by the way. Anyway, um, <laughs> I saw a picture of him and I was like, oh. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Saran Jones ends up being, maybe not this season, but by the next season, season three, a producer on the show. Like how a lot of like older actresses that have more experience, like become producers on a show, especially one they really care about, care about. Yeah. Like how like Reese Witherspoon's like a producer on Big Little Lies and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, totally. Um, but I will probably start getting like more like actual behind the scenes stuff february yeah like and now that she knows like people like super care about it because like she probably was taking she she did a good amount of behind the scenes stuff on like her instagram stuff you can still see it but it's not as much as you do when you know people are looking for it because like no one knew what the show was at the time yeah no like uh, sophie rundle does a lot of she has really good instagram stories she's real cute and she has really good sense of humor she did a few that people pulled up and like turned into compilations on twitter oh man that's too much (laughs) twitter thirst um but Saran Jones's Instagram account is just, you go look at it, it's a Gentleman Jack fan account. That's basically what it is. <laughs> she posts about the show all the time on Instagram, and it's really cute. 
Yeah, um, I love it when like actors love the thing that they're in. Yeah, like you can tell once where they're like, "Yeah, I'm grateful for this opportunity. I'm grateful for the exposure and this check." Blah blah blah. But you can tell when an actor loves their show. Yeah, she like posts about it like at least once a week. She like reposts fan art and stuff. She she Aww. loves the show, which I really respect. It's uh, so refreshing. She, yeah, especially she said she's like a non queer actress playing this part, and she cares that much. That's really important. Yeah. Um, but season two we got we got along we got we got some time um but that's what we're here for we're here to fill in those gaps to talk to you guys about a bunch of different stuff and speculate um, wildly speculate wildly and um we're going to be getting into the books that are written about the show we're going to be getting into um doing some rewatches of the infamous Ann Lister movie that aired uh, several years ago now. Um, some other stuff. I really want to make Carrie watch Tipping the Velvet because... Um, I feel I should read it first. I keep I've trying... never read it, but I've seen, I've seen it. It's uh, on my YouTube. I heard it's a fantastic book. Probably, but I, I just, I remember seeing that. I was like, whoa, this is graphic for when it came out on the BBC. Yeah, it was like early 2000s. Uh, yeah. 90s. Yeah. yeah. And funny enough, the girl that plays Vera Hobart's in it, and she's a lesbian in it, so it's like... <laughs> Just stick um, it on, stand on theme. I know. Keely uh, Halls is in it, or Keely Dolls, whatever. Is it Dolls or Halls? Whatever. The girl, the woman from Bodyguard, um, she's in it as well. Oh, cool. Um, which is kind of Sophie Rundle, because Sophie Rundle played Richard Madden's wife in that. I've not watched Bodyguard yet, but I know she's in it. Um, with uh, Rob Stark um we're going to be getting into some other like historical stuff what i'd like to do too is get into uh the script writing i the scripts are all available if any of y'all are into screenwriting um if you go to bbc writers website um all the gentleman jack shooting scripts are there so oh. i'd love to really get into some of the screenwriting i have some social post ideas i'd like to do with the script um but i'd love to get into the script and have it broken down to you by two people that actually like I have a mind in screenwriting. So I think that would be interesting for somebody in the film industry to sit down and like actually break down the scripts and talk about how good the writing is and how much thought and consideration have gone into the show. Yeah. But that's pretty much it. If you guys have anything you want us to talk about or things you want us to research or film questions or anything like that, let us know. Um, we're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all that good stuff. Um, oh, where are we on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram? Oh, at Jack the Last Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. Um, and where can people find you personally? Uh, at the Kelsey P. Jones on all social medias. Um, yeah, so that's uh, making sure I've like wrapped everything up that I want to talk about with season two. That's kind of all we, we know. Um, I've I listened to this gentleman Jack news, I've heard it. I've read it. I've seen every. You've texted me about it. I've seen every speculation. This is all we've got right now, guys. I wish we could, you know, get into more, but we just don't know. The rest of it would just be speculation. Um, but I think the season two speculation will kind of continue as we get into, it, especially when we get into the books, and Karen and I learn about what happens after. Because honestly, my knowledge of Anne Walker and Anne Lister post marriage is just what I'm getting from like people on Twitter that are like decoding her diaries. Um, I know female fortune gets into um, their life after they get married. Um, Should that be the first thing we book club? Yeah, or the, well, because we you read all the other ones. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I've read. We probably should read the Gentleman Jack book. 
Okay. Actually, about the that's that's the that's the uh, companion to the the show. Um, but yeah, we'll get into more of that, and then also the older books too, the ones that that cover her life pre Ann Walker, um, like No Priest But Love and Secret Diaries of Miss Ann Lister. Um, those will also play because I'm sure we're going to get plenty of flashbacks. Um, they had to cut some flashbacks from this last season that I really wish we had gotten. So hopefully in season two, they're going to be able to make more room for that. Um, but we have a long wait to go. And this is just the beginning of season two. And just a reminder, these episodes are going to be coming out once a month. Um, mm-hmm. and so we don't run out of content in case we have to wait. Because let's put it this way, guys. It's December 2019. It's probably going to be... I wouldn't talk about this. So Carrie and I both work in the entertainment industry. I work more directly in the film industry than Carrie does, but we both kind of like understand how things are made. Production timelines. Yeah. So this is hot off the press. This is how TV shows work. So we said that they're going to be filming from basically at Shipton Hall in June and June, July, and then September, November. So they're probably going to start actually filming let's say they film somewhere else early. They don't start at Shibden, but they probably, let's say they start Shibden. They're starting in July, 2020. They're going to end shooting in November, 2020, probably right before Christmas. The, basically the exact same shooting timeline they had for season one. Mm-hmm. During the filming times, guys, they will start editing the show. It's not like they film, then edit, then do that. Um, it's filming. And then as you're filming, all this footage is going to the post house to get edited. It's being edited as the episodes are being shot. It's getting put together. The episodes are getting stacked. And once the episodes are stacked, then you got to add like music and sound effects and it has to all be colored and has to be, the sound design has to be done. Like you have to put in the jaunty music. You have to put in all the jaunty music. You have to get those really sick, amazing color grades. You've got to go in and do ADR for like, you couldn't hear Saran Jones say, or you couldn't hear Ann Walker say, will you stay on Hey ho! Oh. <laughs> you can't hear Saran Jones say "Hey ho." You can't say hear Ann Walker being thirsty for Ann Lister. They've got to go back into the studio and like ADR that stuff, and then lay that in over the show. That's like the last thing. And then you got to like make sure all this stuff can be seen around the world. So you got to export in the right frame rates for the United States. And you got to export in the right frame rates for England because that's two different things. Because there's NTSC and PAL. And then after that, you have to like. Market it. Marketing stuff, which I swear to God, HBO better do a better job than they did last time. Like, that was pitiful. To be fair, um, they didn't realize anyone cared at the time. <laughs> Look, it's we've discussed this before with how... If you saw how well Showtime marketed the L word, you'd be really mad. The show... No, no, no. I, I, saw how, I saw how well... Uh, the L, I saw the L words, and also I recognize my algorithm is set to very gay. Yeah. So <laughs> I see that stuff all the time. It was excellently done. I saw yeah. how Stars does Outlander, how HBO does Watchmen. Yeah. They did not, I think, know what they had on their hands at the time. Yeah. And therefore, we're just like, sure, whatever. We'll put this out. Anyway, it better be better this time. BBC, you did an okay job. I want Art subway is- ads. Make my hellish commute. <laughs> Yeah. In New York City, in every commute in New York City is a hell. We just want to see Serena Jones' face all over the New York City subway. It's all we're asking for. Yeah. Um, and Sophie Rundle. Yeah, Sophie Rundle, too. Also very cute. Um, so, yeah, so basically all that marketing, everything has to go into it, um, which marketing happens the second they have stuff to show you, the second everything's been approved. Um, so we're looking at, this is my honest-to-God estimate, I think they're going to be very similar to how um, season 
one was done i think they probably might try to rush it because it's in such a demand and they don't want to lose that steam because that's money in their pocket um i'm gonna say my educated guess season two premiere date jim and jack march 2021 i was gonna say march too yeah it was april april 2019 but i think they're gonna try to make it fast to get it out march 2021 if not i'll be lucky valentine's day yeah they really have to push it or they give to be me alone they took and honestly here's the thing too they took their sweet time making this show they had a really long production schedule um i worked mainly reality tv so it's faster anyway but um just how i know tv shows work and even how movies are filmed um they had a really long production time for this show they were almost in production for a year, which is a really long time for a show that's only eight episodes. Yeah. So I think they'll probably speed it up just for the sake of it. But also, I know, too, they're, like, really particular. Like, Sally Rainwright made sure they have plenty of time for rehearsals, which you don't normally get in television. That's more for movies. Yeah. Because um, she's directing it as well. So, I, I mean, I think that's what made the show so good. They took their time with it. But now yeah. they know what they're doing. Everybody's in place. Sophie and Saran with more money goals. and yeah. therefore probably more staff than last time more yeah. crew so maybe we'll get it earlier but my educated guess is somebody that works in the film industry is March 2021 that's mm-hmm. my educated guess and you're the same yeah I would say at, if they really wanted to like from a marketing standpoint try and hop in towards closer to Valentine's Day or closer to the new year but that, but I mean, that production timeline is what it is. Yeah. Um, although I will say I, well, this is a whole different beast of a show. They, I had a friend, well, we both know her actually, who worked on Beep and she did tell me at one point they weren't doing picture lock on the finale uh, or they were doing picture lock like for the final season of Beep very alarmingly close to when it aired. Yeah. Uh, just because the showrunner could not let it go. Um, so, like, they were doing it, like, literally within, like, two to three weeks of going to air, which Yikes. is insane for anyone who, yeah. like, knows anything about normal production timelines, but I don't imagine this would be the case. Yeah. Also, because it's, like, an hour long versus, you know, a 30-minute, so. Yeah. Also, too, I, and I don't want to get people wrong, I'm talking season two premiere date. I'm not talking about trailers. My trailer guess is different. I think if HBO and BBC are smart, first of all, they'll air it at the same time. They won't lag like they did last time. Yeah, I I don't know why they did that. BBC was later than HBO and it was more successful in England. I think they did have it at the same time because then it like made the the hype weird because it was like kind of hitting off here, but then it like blew up when it hit England because Saran Joan is so saran jones and sophie run are like household acting names there especially saran jones because she was on coronation street which is like the most popular like soap opera that's still there yeah um she's a much bigger deal there because dr foster and a bunch of other stuff it's um, the gray's anatomy well i wouldn't even compare it to gray's anatomy because coronation street has been around like generations it's like it's i mean it's their soap opera it's like general hospital yeah um, but it's like one but that most people actually watch though we're yeah. like more people actually watch than general hospital yeah um she was on that she's scott and bailey um um which is a huge hit which is a sally brain drama that she wrote um dr foster was huge 
Um, she won a BAFTA for it. So she's a, they're much, both of them are much bigger deals over there. Sophie Rundle's not a little bit more here because of Peaky Blinders, but still. Um, she's only like a secondary character in that show. I'm thinking, what, did you, what would you say uh, trailer time? Christmas time? I could see it being like a big deal, like Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, trailer so, drop, along with like a Doctor Who Christmas special. Yeah, so Doctor okay. Who doesn't do Christmas specials anymore. Chris Chibnall got rid of them, which is a Wait, mistake. really? Wait, what? New, Year Day, New Year's Day specials now. Last year, last year we didn't get anything because, no, we did. It was a New Year's Day special. And then they've been filming all year and we get a New Year's Day special this year. Holy cow. So what are the, uh, that's actually, I'm glad you brought that up because they just released a trailer for like, they released a trailer very close to the Doctor Who season, wherever we're on premiere. Like it just came out and it's premiering on J- January 1st, which is in a few weeks, which is weird. Anyway, um, I think they'll do that. Um, what I call like a teaser, a teaser, teaser trailer where there's no footage. It's just like jaunty music, gentleman, Jack, uh, a like March, 2021. It'll just be Johnny music. There won't, we won't see any footage. We might hear like a snippet of audio of like Anne. Oh, see, I would, I bet they would give us like one like smirk straight to camera, like one color. Oh, something like that, yeah. Yeah, something like that, where she like fucks with her hat or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. But we it'd don't, be some. We don't say that sh- that word on the. Sorry, she does something quickly with her hat and then winks and then cut to black. Yeah. Uh, I think we get something like that probably maybe towards the end of 2020 just to throw the fans a bone. I don't know if it's even for a marketing purpose, just to give like the fans something to like to have, (laughs) just to hold on to. Just to be like, Um, hang on team, we're coming. And then um, I'd say they do a teaser trailer, which would be maybe like 30 seconds January. And then the full trailer February, like the full like two minute trailer you usually get for a TV show. Um, And then we'll start getting, uh, promotional pictures um probably early 2021 probably after the new year um you'll start getting we'll start getting cast announcements spring 2020 um probably actually the beginning of the year when the scripts when the scripts are done they'll have to start doing casting calls for non-regular roles so we'll start getting like casting information probably february um filming this coming summer and fall into the winter um all that cool behind the scenes type stuff we'll get um and then early january we'll start getting trailers and interviews and press junkets premiere date will be set um and we'll probably get a new episode of march 2021 that's Mm -hmm. my that's my like professional opinion yeah i could see that happening yeah all right so I think that about does it for this episode. Unless you have anything else. That's it. I, th- I mean, I really, uh, we're just, just after this is just speculation. Um, but that's our professional kind of like opinion on how long this will take. Yeah. Take it or leave it. Take it with a grain of salt. Um, every production's different. Um, every director's different. Every showrunner's different. Every writer's different. Um, so we'll yeah. see how it actually goes. And hope, pray to God there's no hiccups in production. Um, that nothing happens between yeah. now and then because that can just throw a big wrench into everything. Yeah. Uh, re or being delayed a whole year. Yeah. Um, so anyway, guys, that's it for this episode. Thank you again for tuning in to season two of Jack the Last the Podcast. We'll be back um, in January with a brand new episode. Uh, topic to be determined, but I think you guys are really going to like it. 
Um, we'll still be posting our social channels. I hope you guys are enjoying the 12 days of animus that are happening right now. Yeah. That is something that we've been thinking about for a long time, and we got you guys' opinion on what the best moments from season one are. So have fun reliving all of your favorite moments from season one. And when you rewatch, feel free to use our bingo game. Yes. Which uh, and also now, our drinking rules. Yeah, so by now we should have printable bingo cards. You can play our drinking game. We've got more stuff coming. I have a ton of ideas. It's just Karen and I are both really busy, so we turn them out, churn them out as quickly as we can with our work schedules. Um, but we want to keep doing more with you guys just to make the hiatus easier and to like do HBO and BBC's job for them. And uh, yeah, don't be shy. Interact with us. Like we're both massive fans of the show, obviously. Yeah. I get you guys' DMs all the time. Um, you guys are very active on Instagram. I always get your story reactions. Um, some of us tagged you, tagged us in your um, Spotify rap. Thank you. Listen to oh, first of all. You. Um, we got a couple messages with that. And yeah, we're excited for 2020. It's going to be a big year uh, for the both of us and for the podcast and for Gentleman Jack fans because we're finally going to get some info on season two. So, all right. So, it. where can folks follow you? I am online on. I'm on all the social medias at the Kelsey P. Jones, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, all that good stuff at the Kelsey P. Jones. Um, I just want to wish you guys a happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah and Christmas are on the same day this year. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, it's like the 20, it's like the 23rd or 24th is beginning of Hanukkah. In. So uh, happy Hanukkah. Happy Christmas, as they say in England. Merry Christmas, as we say, say here in the United States. Um, uh, Kwanzaa. Oh, happy New Year yeah everything um 2020 we're into a new decade a gayer bigger decade than hopefully we'll have a new president in this country next year oh god willing uh hopefully those of you in the uk try to keep your health care um you can follow me at at i'm underscore i am living color on twitter and at i am living color on instagram um yeah and likewise for me i wish you all happy of the many holidays that are at our disposal. I hope you celebrate as many of them as you have tolerance for. Yeah. And we also know that holidays are iffy for a lot of queer people because of like crappy families and stuff. So like, uh, take care of yourself, drink some water, self-care, um, take your time. Don't feel pressure to celebrate a holiday that brings you emotional pain because that's not a good thing. So, um, we're here for you. Um, if holidays are rough for you, we're, we're, we're on your team. Yeah. So, um, happy holidays to those that celebrate, for those that do not, uh, just have a great couple weeks here at the end of the year. Enjoy time off work, which I hope you guys are getting. Time off school, if you guys are in school or college. Um, just enjoy yourself. Enjoy the people in your life, your, your biological family, your chosen family, your partners, your spouses, your friends your co-workers whoever you spend your time with pets like cats your dogs your fishes your guinea pigs whatever you have uh enjoy all right and uh on that note uh we'll see you next time see you next time bye Stick i want to thank you guys again for listening to this week's podcast Follow us online at Jack the Last Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. And check us out online at jackthelastpodcast.com. Jack the Last the Podcast is that hipster kid production produced, edited, and narrated by Kelsey P. Jones and Carrie Kears. Music is by Epidemic Sound. <laughs>